Welcome to Design in Confidence, hosted by me, Stefano Bellucci Sessa. I'm a creative coach, speaker, and facilitator, helping people and businesses design innovative experiences together. Design in Confidence is a podcast for designers, innovators, creative leaders, or just anyone who wants to change. I will share learnings, tips, reflections on how mindfulness and design can build creative confidence, improve emotional intelligence, and manage mental health. This episode is going to be a little bit different from usual. And that's because I'm not going to talk about people who like innovation, but people who don't like innovation. I've been working in innovation all my life. Because it's part of my life, I like to change, I like to change career, push for change on projects. But understand that it's not fun for everyone. It's not easy, it's overwhelming, comes with a lot of risks that sometimes are not worthwhile because requires a lot of effort. And that's why I'm making this podcast. That's why I'm an innovation consultant, to help people who want to innovate in change. But how about people that don't want to change? To you, I say that it's okay to not change. And don't want to be patronizing or convince you with this episode. But keep listening if you want to know why it's important to nurture creative confidence. But most of all, why even if you don't want to change, it's important to be mindfully aware and in control of this choice. Because it's anyway a design choice. Before I start, it's important to remind you what I mean with innovation, creativity and design. As I touched in an early episode. Innovation is the act of changing a defined environment. Creativity gives you the confidence of changing things by questioning them and exploring new opportunities. While design helps you change successfully with purpose, intention, mindfully, and while mitigating risks. So what triggers innovation? There are internal factors and external factors. Internal factors are like the one I have is curiosity, enjoyment, or a higher purpose, like helping others, nature, or get some money. When innovation happens because of internal factors, it's because you want to make it happen, while external factors are different because you have to change. That's because, for example, there is a new law in your industry, people left, like customers, employees, partners, or because conditions change, like a new technology or a pandemic. And as I said again, I understand if you don't want to change. That's because you don't care about new technology or new things. But because things are going well, why change them? You are strong, you have a lot of customers and good resources. Or because you don't even have competitors that puts you at risk. It's okay to not change because of these things, but let's look at them in detail. So you don't care about new technology. In confidence, I don't care about either. I'm not like many of my colleagues, designers, innovation consultants. I don't catch up on the latest tech every time. And my tech gear is relatively new. I'm I'm a sort of latish adopter. I got into smartphones and tablets really late for the standard in my sector. That's because of my values. I tend to be minimalist and sustainable, which brings me to not buy new things if I don't need them. But honestly, even just because I don't have enough time to catch up with everything. 
it distracts me from my business as usual. So I see that it's okay to not innovate, to not catch up with the latest technology and adopt it. But I'm gonna share a little bit of anecdote when I tried Snapchat for the first time. It was really hard for me to use it. I felt really, really old in confidence. I felt like, oh, this is what younger people use. And for how not a problem that is in my own personal life, I realized how that impacted on me as a designer. Because I need to be aware that people's expectations change. If I'm gonna make the decision to not care about the change and avoid those people as customers by not designing for young people, sooner or later those type of customers they will become more and more because young people get older but also because the market is adapting to this expectation. Even more and more products are gonna look like products I don't care about or worst, not be even aware about. And this applies to products that people use but also to softwares they might have to use like documents, communications like Teams, Slack or whatever. So I'm saying to you, it's okay to not change and to use and adopt new technologies, but be mindfully aware of this trade-off you're using so that you're conscious of this door that you never opened and keep checking to mindfully understand and reevaluate this design decision to not go in for that technology. A similar popular example is Toys R Us. They assume that e-commerce will never be too big for kids and with time that forced them to close many stores. But as we said, there might be another reason why you don't want to change, which is that you're strong. Everything is working fine, you have lots of customers and your resources are the best ones. If your resources are the best one, fair enough that you don't change them even more if migration comes with a lot of effort and risks. What we have been doing so far created a legacy of data, skill set and many other things that might make the change not worthwhile. But you need to anyway have the creative confidence to look into the future so that you understand whether your resources might get weaker also for the results of others getting better and in case that happens, how much time you're gonna need to switch. Because you have this legacy to build over time. A good example is that internet speed was still crap when Blockbuster didn't feel threatened by Netflix. Of course, Blockbuster's resources weren't meant to be binned yet. But by the time the internet improved enough to motivate customers to switch to Netflix, it was too hard for blockbusters to switch to a different business model and make sure they could survive. But maybe you are different from blockbuster, because as we said before, you have no competitors that puts you at risk. And understand that, why change if your organization or your job is not at risk? And it's also normal that you might lack of the internal trigger of saying, oh, let's try a artificial intelligence, or let's try drones, or whatever. Because you might not have the time or the money for that, which are fair points. But if you don't have enough time and money for innovation, you should probably understand how much of that it's wasted. And even if it's true that your job and your organization might not be at risk because of lack of competition, 
your health and well-being or the health of well-being of the whole organization might be at risk. And that because you might not be designing for efficiency of time and resources, which probably happen when you refuse to innovate, when external triggers happen in the past, things change, you or your organization ignore that, and those changes change the organization, made it busier, poorer, and more stressed. I worked in the public sector, and most of the projects weren't about drone, blockchain, or artificial intelligence. Most of them had to deal with two main problems. Too many people were accessing the service, and because innovation did not happen for many years, processes and resources were still the same, and weren't able to deal with how much the number of people needed support changed. And the other type of projects were about people mistakenly asking for support. That because they weren't either aware of a service and the problem worsened and got more complicated, or they didn't understand where to go to to find support. And that fulfilled the first problem because they became a bigger problem to deal with or they became a distraction because by not understanding where to ask for support, they ask for support in their own service. So how do we summarize all this and understand what to do? As I said, it's okay that you don't want to innovate, but you need to anyway design and creativity to be mindfully aware and in control of the situation that you don't want to change, but also to allow yourself to imagine possible futures and be aware and in control of the external triggers because at some point they might force you to change. Otherwise, they will be the ones changing you. You don't have to anticipate and be the change like others do, but you should understand when to react to the change by fighting it, or by seconding it by just copying others, which is okay. And to have the creative confidence to adapt and survive when avoiding change is not possible anymore, so that you can mindfully choose how to change instead of having change changing you even more if it's forcing you to change you in ways that are worse than survival. So how do you practice creativity and design while keeping the business as usual because you don't want to change it? In terms of mindset, you need to accept that change happens. Denial will never help you. The pandemic showed us, and it also showed us that there are some types of businesses that not only survived, but used the pandemic as an opportunity. The first group is what I call the lucky ones, that require just a little change, or not at all, to actually thrive during the pandemic. Delivery services are a good example. The second group is what I call the resilient one, because they manage to adapt quickly by redesigning the service. That's the case of some remote consultancies, for example. But then there is the third group, which I call the prepared ones because they have somehow considered a pandemic or that scenario, like remote working, so they just use what they already had on plan. So you cannot intentionally be lucky, but how might you be resilient and prepared? You need to do that by practicing what-if scenarios. Every now and then you should ask yourself, what if I lose my main client? What if my staff suddenly needs to remote working? What if I lose one of my key resources? Take the business model canvas and play with it. 
so you develop the expertise and the mindset to redesign your business when needed, while preparing plans in case those things really happen, because change happens. So what are the actions that you should take? So you might start to create a specific team that are always dedicated to research and innovation, even if innovation doesn't happen. Or you might make sure that you dedicate a specific time every now and then, like one hour, one day, one week, when people across the organization think about these things. Of course, make sure that with them it's obvious what is the purpose of all this, otherwise it might be diminishing to them to suggest ideas and see them going nowhere. Or find your own ways to practice creativity and design, even without innovating. And let me know what it is. Let me know how you embrace the design choice of not innovating by being mindfully aware and in control of it. Go to designingconfidence.com. It's a pun, there is no G before confidence. And there you can see how to contact me and also find links to relevant resources and people I found inspiring for this and other talks. And if you found this inspiring, please leave a review and share this podcast. Tell people why you think this podcast helps your creative confidence, become someone else's safe space to talk about these topics, and to find support in building their creative confidence. Because if you got this far, I'm sure you're a great listener, which I thank you for. And now, it's time for me to shut up, so that you can listen to your own thoughts after this episode. And remember to thank yourself for the time you spent to learn and grow.